Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 80 of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, I'm going to talk to you about what I think is the biggest mistake I see on websites. And that's to do with the readability of websites. So somebody has found your website. They might be your ideal client. They're excited to find out more about what you offer and poised to work with you. But they can't easily read or follow what is on your website. So they leave without becoming a client. I'm not talking here about people who are visually impaired. That is a whole other episode. But what you might call ordinary people. People who make up a large proportion of your clients. And sadly, a lot of websites are not built with readability in mind. Was yours? So what exactly do I mean and how might you fix readability issues? That's exactly what I'm going to talk about in the podcast episode today. So, first of all, let's talk about your choice of fonts. I love a beautiful font. There are thousands and thousands of fonts you can choose from. Some are very elaborate, some pretty simple. And because there are so many, it's easy to choose the wrong one or ones. We've all been in Canva and got lost down a rabbit hole of different fonts. Or maybe that's just me. But the most important factor when it comes to choosing fonts for your website is readability. You want to make sure that your font is legible and it doesn't strain the eyes of your target audience. If I see a website with too much cursive handwritten script, I know it's going to be hard to read, especially on a mobile device. It may look stunning, but I know I'm unlikely to read it or read it all. It's not that I look at it and say, I'm not going to read it. I will just get part way down and my brain thinks this is too difficult and I just don't finish it. Sorry, this is the truth. (laughs) And I know I am not the only one. Of course, if I'm very interested in the content, I may persevere. But even then, I'm unlikely to read as much as I would do with an easier to read font because it's harder. And if you choose a website font which is not very legible, you're making it harder for yourself to get clients. So what kind of font should you use? Well, the main body of your text should be either a serif or a sans serif font. So serif fonts are the ones with small lines or flourishes at the end of the letters, a bit like you normally see on a typewriter. And these are sometimes thought to be more traditional or formal. But I think they work really well. And in fact, I use one on my own website for headings. Sans serif fonts have clean lines and no flourishes. And they're thought to be more contemporary. Now, some might say they lack personality, but, you know, that's very much a personal view. It doesn't really matter. Both types of fonts are generally readable and should be your first choice of font on your website. Whether you go for a serif or a sans serif or whether you mix the two is an entirely personal choice. You can use a fancier font, like a handwritten font, for headings or accents if you want. But use these sparingly. 
And even if you do, do choose a fancier font for that you use sparingly, then I would choose a one that's easy to read. So a couple that I quite like are Dancing Script and Parisienne. They're both handwritten fonts. And I also like Amatic, which is quite fun and childlike. And all three of these are free Google fonts too. You don't need to pay a lot of money to have a more personal font. Another really common mistake is having fonts that are too small or too thin. So small fonts can be difficult to read, especially on smaller screens like smartphones, while thin fonts can appear blurry or fuzzy on some screens. And it's a bit of a shame because I actually quite like a thin font, but we're talking about readability here. And I know these fonts can look good, but if they're harder to read, there is a significant portion of the population who just won't read it. And I'm not just talking about the visually impaired or the elderly. If your target audience includes those over the age of 40, you need to be very mindful of this. Our eyesight is just not what it used to be. Much as we might try and deny it and put off getting reading glasses as long as we can, you know, significantly before you might need reading glasses, you're going to have an issue with reading small fonts on screens. And another factor con to consider when it comes to font readability is the spacing between letters and words and the line spacing. If the spacing is too narrow, it can be difficult for the eyes to distinguish between individual letters and words. And of course, if the spacing is too loose, it can make text look disjointed and hard to follow. So you want to balance between the two. See enough spacing to make the text easy to read, but not so much that it looks awkward. Yes, I know, it's a bit like Goldilocks and her porridge. <laughs> but seriously, as a website designer, I spend a lot of time making sure we have the right fonts, in the right size, in the right place, and use the right amount of time. And I'll test out different combinations to see what I think works. And then I'll look at these on a mobile too. Not because I enjoy doing this, and for the avoidance of doubt, I do not enjoy this part of my job, but because I know how important it is. So the se second mistake I see with regard to readability is colour contrast. And I have a real thing about colour contrast on a website. And I remember a couple of years ago, a well-known coach in the UK very proudly revealing her new website. And so many people gushingly telling her how much they loved it. And it did look great, but she used a lot of pale text on a dark coloured background. And I found it hard to read. I know she paid a lot of money for her website, a lot more than I charge, just saying. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't think she got the best result. Now, she did end up having her website redesigned again by another website designer a few months later, and it's now so much better. But in that interim, she probably lost people because of that issue of the colour contrast of using pale text on a dark background. I'm not saying you should never do this. I often build websites with sections where there is some white writing on a dark coloured background, and it can be really effective to highlight something. But like the elaborate font, you need to use it sparingly. And the other mistake I see is coloured backgrounds with writing that does not have enough contrast, so it's harder to make out. And this is a bigger mistake, as it's harder for anybody to read. And there are checkers that will tell you if the contrast is enough. 
So one is using coolors.co, so that's C-O-O-L-O-R-S.co. Um, and that's a fab website that does lots of things with regard to colours. Um, and one of which is actually you can put in the two colours that you're looking to put together and it will tell you what the contrast is like. So use Coolors or something similar to check if you're not sure. The other thing on using colours for fonts is to be really, really careful with this. I am a massive fan of using grey um, and a relatively dark shade of grey, somewhere sort of a mid-grey to a dark grey. Black is quite harsh if you're using a white background and the contrast of that is often too great for people to be able to read easily. And obviously a very pale grey is, is too light. But I've seen people use different coloured fonts like purple or something like that and they're just not easy on the eye either. So grey is definitely my preferred colour of choice for font. Um, you can get away sometimes with other colours, but you've just got to be quite careful as to which ones you choose. And obviously, if you're using them sparingly, that is fine, but don't use them really for big chunks of text. And while we're on the subject of colours, using white space and headings to break up text will improve readability. Just like it's hard to find what you're looking for, on an untidy desk, it's hard for your audience to find what they are looking for on a website that is cluttered. Don't be afraid to space everything out. Okay, next one is text placing. And this is another issue of readability I often see, especially on websites that have not been professionally built or built by VAs, etc., that don't specialize in website design. So what am I talking about? Well, Things like text that on a desktop goes from one side of the screen all the way to the other. Because if you're viewing on a desktop, you have to scan your eyes too far. So just try this now. Try and look at something where you just have to move your eyes slightly to the left and then slightly to the right. And then try and look at something else where you need to move your eyes more. Quite nauseating if you have to do this repeatedly. So when I'm building websites, I limit the width of text to 1080 pixels wide. Yes, I know that's quite precise. <laughs> that's what the eye can easily read and that's certainly best practice. And related to that is the alignment of text. So centralized text can look really cool. But again, too much is not easy, as easy to read as either left aligned or right aligned text. Why? Well, because your eyes are starting and finishing in a different place each time. And they don't like that. Okay, the next important factor in website design is navigation. And I know this is readability, but bear with me because I think it is related very closely to readability. Now, I did a whole podcast episode on navigation. So if you are interested in finding out more, then it's only back at episode 60 uh, on just called website navigation. So go and check that one out. But clear and concise navigation is really key to making your website user-friendly. Keep your navigation simple, put it at the top of the screen, and use menu labels that are easy to understand. Basically, you want to make it as easy as possible for your target audience to find what they're looking for. This is not a treasure hunt. We're all busy and we will give up or get distracted if we can't find what we're looking for easily. The fifth one is mobile responsiveness. Now, I am shocked. 
I'm not easily shocked, but I'm shocked at how many websites are still not easily readable on a mobile. You probably encountered some. I encountered one just yesterday um, when the mobile version is exactly the same as the desktop, but shrunk. And I mean, this basically, for a start, it looks very dated, but it also makes the font too small to read on a mobile device. I mean, come on, this is 2023. Mobile responsive websites have been around for, I don't know, eight years or so. And there is literally no excuse for that these days. So if your website is on a mobile, just a shrunken version of your desktop, then it's time to upgrade. Because over half of all websites are now viewed on a mobile. So you're basically not showing a readable website to half the people who are checking you out online. I'll just leave that one with you. Okay, the final one is browser compatibility. So I recently started to use images in WebP format for some of the websites I was building. Don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with technical details. But basically, this is a format that Google prefers that will potentially rank your website higher. And it gives good quality images with a smaller file size. That means your website will load quicker. And a lot of website designers are now using this format of images because it's basically better. Except one time when I did this, I got a message from a client who didn't like the website I had designed. She said I hadn't taken on board her comments, etc. Now I emailed her straight away and we had a Zoom call. And what she was seeing on her screen was not the same as I was seeing on mine. And I completely understood why she was confused that I hadn't taken on board her comments. And I didn't realize it at the time, but WebP was screwing up her website on her PC. And I had something similar a few days later with another client. I really did think I was going mad. So I spoke to a help desk I use when I need to, and they were asking how this client was viewing their website. Which browser? So that's like Chrome, Safari, etc. And what version? So both of these clients, I think, were using an old version of Safari which doesn't support WebP images. So, of course, the help desk, which is full of techie people, said the solution was that they needed to update their website browser to the latest version of Safari, which obviously does support this image format, because all the browsers support this image format now. But this was not the solution, because we don't know what version of a browser my client's target audience might view the website on. We don't know which browser they view, they view it on. We can't tell everybody, oh, I'm sorry, but you actually need the latest version of these different website browsers in order to view the website. I mean, come on, that just doesn't work. <laughs> You're not going to go and update your website browser in order to view a website. So what I did was I actually converted all the images back to JPEG and the problem is now fixed. And at some point in the future, we can probably be comfortable that almost everyone is viewing a website on a browser that supports WebP, but not yet. And I guess the point of this long and slightly technical story is basically to make sure that what you are building isn't using some things that some people will not be able to view your website on or will screw up their viewing experience. Okay, so just to wrap up, it can be easy to get caught up in the look of your website. But it's important to remember that real people will be viewing your website. Real people who want to find out more. 
and if they like what they see, may become paying clients. You don't want a website that's frustrating and or difficult for users to read or find what they need. Imagine trying to use a website that has tiny font, say a darker green font on a paler green background and confusing navigation. You have to be pretty dedicated to keep going. And that's not how you want to treat potential clients. You want to make it as easy as possible for them. That's the best way to convert them into clients. So how can you make sure that your website is user-friendly and readable? Well, here's my summary of the tips. So first of all, use an easy-to-read font, everything except potentially headings and highlights. And even then, don't choose a font for those which is too difficult to read. Make sure your font is large enough to be easily read and the spacing between letters and lines supports it. Use white text on a dark background sparingly. Check the color contrast of your text on your background using a color contrast tool to ensure it's appropriate. Keep your website text left or right aligned for most of it and don't let it go all the way across the page. Use clear navigation. The menu at the top is visible on a desktop. Ensure your website is easily readable on a mobile. And finally, check that any new things you try work on different browsers and especially older versions, unless you're confident your audience will be using the latest version. And actually, you should always check how your website looks on different browsers. And finally, test your website on real people. Ask them to navigate your website and provide feedback. And of course, if this all sounds too much like hard work, then use a professional website designer like me. And that's it for this week. I hope you found this episode useful and I will be back in your earbuds next week. So see you then. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business, or scaling it. And see you next week.